0: Can we just say,
1: this show, I laughed, I cried, I laughed again, I got excited, this was great.
0: Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy.
2: Oh, that's old fashioned.
3: Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post Senate act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness.
1: Welcome to Awesome Etiquette.
3: Where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty.
1: Today, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. From exes at weddings and mixed up bat mitzvah invitations to granddad's new girlfriend.
3: And I'm especially excited because of all the incredible feedback that you have been giving us about previous shows. And we're going to share a little bit of that with you also.
1: And all that's coming up.
3: Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Dan Post-Senning.
1: And I'm Lizzie Post, and we're from the Emily Post Institute.
3: LP, what happened this
1: morning? Oh, my gosh. So, (laughs) I was very responsible last night and decided to stay at a friend's house because it was just late and didn't want to drive home late. I have a harder time seeing at night. So I was just like, stay over. No problem. Benny and I crash at my friend's house. It's great. Wake up in the morning. Go to take a shower. My friend is so kind. And he lets Benny out so they can go. And he goes to get the paper from the paper box. And Benny is not waiting on the front step, per usual And he was just like, oh, my gosh, I think I lost your dog. And I was like, no, you didn't. This is such a small neighborhood. That's not going to happen. Call and call and call. No Benny. I finished getting ready. No Benny. So like an hour has gone by and my dog has not come back. And it's not our home neighborhood. Yeah, I've just got to jump in in and just
3: say as dog owner. I'm feeling the anxiety mounting just as you say an hour goes by and I'll just jump in and insert a me too story which is I know bad etiquette but I want to tell a me too story it's
1: okay the fact that you're the one interrupting me for a change is like a blessing
3: (laughs) (laughs) the me too story begins with the fact that everyone knows I've got Raju this little toy poodle who's just growing up and he's coming into his own as he gets more confident he's starting to wander further afield and the other day he ran off on me for the first time And he didn't even run off run off he didn't disappear from my sight but I had him off leash a place where I don't usually and all of a sudden, he was on the periphery of my comfort zone, and he wasn't coming back when called. And scary. I, the nerves were unsettling, to say the least,
1: for sure. And I had I was meeting our cousin Peter Post, different from my father Peter Post, but my cousin Peter Post for a meeting. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really gotta find my dog. JP took the car and went to look for Benny up and down the road, and I just stood on the the hill in his yard and started yelling for my dog. And sure enough. Within about five minutes of yelling, I heard Benny's bark. And I was like, that is Benny. That is not one of the other neighborhood dogs. And I was like, it's that way. And I started heading in the direction. I hit the road. And all of a sudden, I can see through a hedgerow on someone's property, I see this streak of white and black, and then I see him running towards me, and it was great. But he ran up to me, and that dog sat down with the most guilty, sad, scared, happy face I've ever seen.
3: He's such an emoter. I've never seen anything quite like it,
1: Right? The only thing is that he showed up at my feet without his collar and I handmade a leather collar for him out at the Chico Basin Ranch in Colorado when I was out there having fun and it was awesome and I'm really proud of that collar and my gosh darn dog lost it and it's funny because I was like, okay, you know, we'll deal with that later and JP went and kind of looked around near where Benny had been found and... And didn't find anything, but he was on Front Porch Forum, which is a website. I'm not sure how across the U.S. it is, but it's definitely in Vermont, something that's well used. And it's like a community message board and more. And, and newsletter.
3: I get I get my get Front Porch Forum okay. as a daily email.
1: Well, it's really cool, but he was on it, checking it, and he goes, Oh my gosh, somebody posted that a black and white border collie-like looking dog is in their yard this morning, like someone saw Ben. So we're hoping to get in touch with whoever that was and see if it's his collar, but... I love the instant nature of being able to tap into a community and find that in this digital age that we live in and it's it's really exciting and fun and I'm I'm just so gosh darn glad Benny is back. Well,
3: and I've got my second me too story oh, of yeah? the afternoon. Let's hear it which is that the Front Porch Forum in Huntington yeah. has been abuzz with tales of this orange tabby cat that's making the rounds of the neighborhood. And it's it started off down in town. It's wandered its way up the mountain. And people in more and more rural homes have been having interactions with this orange tabby cat. And the community is getting it back to its, Owner, its home.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. And whether it's jobs, whatever it is you're searching for on it, it's, really, it's a useful tool. I think it's a cool part of how we interact as neighbors nowadays and i'm really grateful whoever that person was i didn't actually need them to get benny back but if i had they would have been my hero and it's so cool it's just so cool
3: it it does (laughs) it feels good to know that there is community out there and that there's community that's still thriving and growing it reminds me of that book, Bowling Alone, that came out a few years ago that mm-hmm. talked about the breakdown of communities in sure, America. Yeah. And it would be nice to read a book about how communities are also reconstituting and reforming and finding new ways to, to stay connected. And I think this is a great example. Of so
1: that. had Benny not run away today, we were going to talk about how I'm not doing well on my New Year's resolution. I well, need more suggestions for terms to switch out for my bad language.
3: We'll, we'll revisit those resolutions next week. <laughs> For now, shall we get to some questions?
1: (laughs) I think we should get to some questions.
3: You're right. There's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn. But it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others.
1: On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. And if you have a question for us, you can email it to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com or give us a call and leave us a message at 802-866-0860. Our first
3: question today has to do with extenuating circumstances. (laughs) Hi, Lizzie and Daniel. I've been invited to my friend's wedding. I'm super excited and cannot wait to celebrate this wonderful day with her and her soon-to-be husband. However, I'm not too excited about running into her cousin, my ex-boyfriend. It will have been two years since we separated. We just weren't the right fit for each other. Things happen. I have moved on with my life with chocolate, and so has he with his new girlfriend. I have known his family for years and have a very close bond with certain members of his immediate and extended family. That being said, I know the moment will come where his new girlfriend may see me interacting with these people, and there will undoubtedly be a moment when the two of us cross paths. I have no ill will against this girl and do not want to make her upset or make her feel uncomfortable. I'm trying to put myself in her shoes and be sensitive to the fact that she may be just as nervous about this potential interaction as I am. This is going to be a very special day for my friend, meant to be enjoyed by all. My question is, what do I do? Do I introduce myself? Do I wait for an introduction? Should I not greet his family members with the same hugs that I normally would? Do I avoid the couple in question? Sincerely, extenuating circumstances.
1: Oh, extenuating circumstances. That is something a lot of people actually deal with. Weddings are a time when, especially if you stay close to your ex's family, it's likely that you are going to cross paths and that, New girlfriends or new boyfriends are going to have to get to know you as someone that the family kept in touch with. My vote, you can tell me what you think after, (laughs) (laughs) is uh, behave as you normally would. Hug the people you would. Don't hug harder and bigger and louder, you know, but don't also all of a sudden act weird. I would just behave as I normally would. Hugs, hello, conversations, dancing. There's just no reason not to do these things. I think that it's kind to think of how the new girlfriend is going to be feeling. I really want to give you awesome etiquette props for considering other people involved and what their emotions would be like. I also think it's fine to be yourself.
3: I really like that be yourself advice. That really uh, has a certain resonance for me.
1: I would also say to make sure that you are just friendly and warm when you meet her. Clearly, she is not a threat to you. Clearly, you're not interested in getting back together with him. There's no reason to have, like you said, any ill will. So be warm, be friendly. It'll put her at ease. I would not try to crack any inside jokes about your relationship with your ex. I would not try to tell her something about him Oh my gosh, don't you, you know, if you want to know how to deal with his foot odor, I don't know what, like, just don't try to educate her on him. And I also think you really have to be careful about doing too much reminiscing with him and also with her family, with the family members that, you know, it's okay to talk about great times you guys have had, but just be careful not to overdo it in front of the new girlfriend.
3: I like it. I have very little to add to your advice, but I want to ask a follow up question. Please. (laughs) I really like the way extenuating circumstances is preparing herself for this. And I'm wondering if you can prepare yourself for someone else to be unprepared.
1: Oh, good question. Like if the ex is unprepared or if he's the one that gets awkward or if what if it's like mom who gets awkward or dad or cousin or other sister, you know, or something like that.
3: I think that there is some room here in this advice for being prepared to deal with someone else not being as prepared as you are. And maybe even imagining that those worst case scenarios that are peeking up in your mind Occur.
1: Yeah. Like imagine if all the things we just listed that you shouldn't do, don't reminisce, don't like educator. What if he starts doing that to you? Exactly. I think I'd try to turn the conversation to the girlfriend at that point to get him to stop talking and just just be like, oh. Yeah, that was a fun time. Hey, what are you you guys' plans for this year? What are you up to? Do you have any other weddings you're going to? Any other travel coming up? (laughs) Change the subject. Change
3: the subject. And what's the safest subject at any wedding you're attending?
1: The happy couple. The
3: happy couple. What a great (laughs) point. Keep the attention on that happy couple, and you're going to be able to get out of the most difficult and awkward situation that could possibly arise.
1: Good, solid advice. Extenuating circumstances. Truly hope that this helps, and I hope that you have a fabulous time at this wedding. Awesome Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting— I love our next question, and I love it because not only is our question asker coming at it from such a place of consideration and thought, but it's also a modern question, and it's one I don't think we've answered very much on the show, so I'm excited for it. It's called How the Unfriended Behave. Dear Dan and Lizzie, a year ago, I was unfriended on Facebook by my sister, We had a tense relationship before this, so I'm not comfortable asking her why. It happened shortly after an email exchange. She requested a favor that felt unethical to me, and I firmly refused. I'm guessing she was offended and then unfriended me, but I'm not really sure. My question is, what's the etiquette for acknowledging that I'm unfriended, and how should I handle tagging other family members on Facebook? This is the part where I think she gets into the real considerate behavior here. In family conversations, when our relatives discuss something I can't see on her page, it's so awkward to keep saying, I didn't see those photos, or I didn't see that post, with no other explanation. I don't want to tell others she unfriended me, but I hope they don't think I unfriended her. Sometimes she'll start to mention a post on her Facebook page to me and stop herself when she remembers that I can't see it. I fight the urge each time to say, I can't see it because you unfriended me. I also don't have the option to tag her on my posts. It feels passive-aggressive to post a group photo or family-themed post to Facebook and tag everybody but her. Sometimes I'll try emailing photos instead to include her or write her name on a Facebook post, even though it won't tag her. But mostly I just post less family themed posts. So it's not like she's singled out. Is there a best practice for how to behave when unfriended? Signed, unfriended. I can hear that this is an upsetting thing for unfriended. But I also like the point that I want to get at is that. She's thinking about how to both include and manage this online relationship when someone has tried to cut that relationship. Yeah. And because they are family, I love the idea of writing her sister's name in a post where you would normally tag everybody just to recognize that's who the fourth person in this photo is. And even if it doesn't tag her, I don't know. What yeah. do you, I, I thought it was cool. No,
3: it's a, a good illustration of how there is no escape. Right. <laughs> that our lives are our lives and the people that we interact with. That are really important to us are relationships that we're going to have to deal with on some level. And and these relationships are taking place online these days in more and more ways than they ever have before. Yeah. As far as the very first question, what is the etiquette for acknowledging and unfriending? And I think sometimes the best thing to do is just let it be. <laughs> let sure. sleeping dogs lie. Sometimes there's no point in really getting into and parsing what the pain is that caused something like this. It might not even be something so, so painful, although our our listener has an, uh, an idea that she knows what's at what's the root up? of this. Yeah. But sometimes someone's just decided that they want to reduce the number of social network connections that they're monitoring or maintaining. Mm-hmm. It's not something you should take personally because you just don't know. Right. In this particular case...
1: We, we think we know, or at least it is, per, she hasn't just gone off Facebook, she's unfriended her sister.
3: Exactly. And there was there was a request yeah. to do something that that our our listener here, the person asking this question thought was unethical, and I just wanted to stop and give an etiquette props for um, standing by your principles yeah. and not doing the unethical thing. And we often talk about the fundamental principles of all good etiquette being consideration, respect, and honesty, and that's a question of honesty. So you can feel good about your etiquette, make Making that choice. I think that's really important. The second question that you ask about how you then handle it, the first piece of advice that I would often give is that if a relationship becomes strained or awkward or difficult, don't try to solve it through the written word. Give yourself a fighting chance. Try to meet with the person face to face so that you have some chance to empathize with them so that you can really listen to each other and hear each other and connect emotionally. If you can't meet in person, give them a call. At least let the quality of the way you say things be part of the information that you're communicating. It can be really difficult to communicate emotional content online or through email or through social media.
1: And it sounds like these two do still see each other in person. She was saying her sister will say something in person. If
3: there's a way to acknowledge it and talk about it do that, but it also sounds like this relationship's a little strained, and there there might not be a way to repair it, even with an in-person meeting. So the best thing you can do at that point is manage yourself and your reactions in the best way possible. As far as how you conduct yourself on Facebook moving forward, part of not taking it personally when you're unfriended is you don't really need to moderate your behavior so, so much. I don't think you need to worry about the fact that you can't tag her in pictures because that was a choice that she made by unfriending you. I like that you're choosing to make that a concern of yours. There's nothing like the high road. It's a really, (laughs) really nice place to travel.
1: I think that when it comes to the conversations that they have, Unfriended was mentioning that sometimes her sister will start referencing a post from Facebook and then stop and she feels like she needs to say something. I think you just let it slide. Just almost let it be the elephant in the room without actually saying elephant in the room.
3: You don't need to point it out. She's aware of it. She's
1: aware of it. She's stopping and she's choosing to move forward without then talking about whatever it was. And I think you should just follow that cue and just let it be what it is. You don't have to say, well, it would have been really fun to know what that was. So to sum
3: up Unfriended, I really think that In a lot of ways, there's not a lot for you to do here. You don't need to to worry so much about what action you're going to take. If you do opt to talk to your sister offline about this, if there's a way that you can approach it that feels comfortable and feels realistic to you, I want to encourage you to give it a try. Who knows? It might even be the beginning of a rapprochement. Maybe this online situation can be a place for the two of you to explore without the stakes being too high. I wish you the best of luck, and I really can see what care you're trying to take with your sibling relationship, and I think that's really admirable.
1: But there's more. What's that? More questions coming up, but first, a word from our sponsors.
4: Here, let's try another trick.
1: Our next question is entitled, Granddad's Girlfriend. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. My grandfather, a widow, recently turned 80. He has become friends, that's in quotes, with a lady, and they spend a lot of time together. The amount of time they spend together has become an area of resentment and affected my immediate family. This has been going on for a little over a year. We very rarely see our grandfather, despite him living in the same town. My mother is the most hurt of all. She misses her dad and is angry that she has to host him and his lady friend, but has never been invited to their house. In January, my grandfather's lady friend celebrated her birthday, and we were hurt to find out that she did not invite my family to her party. It is now time for me to plan my sister's bridal shower. I know she will not want my grandfather's lady friend to be there, but is this petty? Should I be the bigger person and invite her? And what can I say to my mother to help make her feel better? It seems like every event that we disregard one another from is just creating a bigger divide between the family. Allie.
3: Allie, what an insight.
1: I know. I'm just going to say, I love how she just put that. Every event that we disregard one another from is creating a bigger divide between the family. I think she answered the question.
3: She's on to something. Okay. Two rudes do not make a right. (laughs) True. So definitely invite this woman who clearly has made a connection with your grandfather. The only expansion I can offer on that thought is that. We all love love. We all love to be in love. (laughs) Love can sometimes be a little selfish. It's really hard to share things that we love. And it sounds like your grandfather is a very lovable human. And he really might not be aware that he's offering offense, even if he is aware that he's spending less time with Mm -hmm. his immediate family. Mm -hmm. And it's important for me to remind myself that most rudeness is unintentional. And I think that's a really good reminder for everybody in this situation.
1: I'm not hearing anywhere in here that there's been a formal conversation about it. I'm I'm not seeing we tried to talk to him about this. We haven't. So I think I would say invite her to the thing. Come from that place of inclusion and then say, can we have a conversation? If maybe maybe she declines the invite or maybe her behavior at the thing isn't that great. But at least you've tried inviting her. And then you come from a place where I think you can talk to granddad and say granddad. We got to figure this out because you have a very special friend whom you love and are inviting into your life. And we love you and we want to spend this time in your life with you. How can we make it all work?
3: I love it. Just to share the love a little more. (laughs) Allie, we hope that helps. It's springtime and love is definitely in the air. And we hope that you're able to find a way to share it with your very special grandfather.
1: Our next question has to do with a bat mitzvah mix up.
3: Hi, Lizzie and Dan. My sister's bat mitzvah, the Jewish coming-of-age ceremony, is coming up, so we're sending out the invitations. We used an online platform to do so, which emails everyone the invitation. My bat mitzvah was a few years ago, and my mother accidentally put some people from my email list on the list of the people to get my sister's invitation, causing some people who we did not want to invite to receive an invitation. Most of these people were not even very closely connected to me, and I don't really keep in contact with them anymore. So when they see the invitation, they will certainly be confused and perhaps not even remember who we are. What is the proper etiquette for this situation? It doesn't seem right to send an email saying that we didn't mean to invite them, but it would be awkward if they came since the connection was really through me and not my sister, who this event is all about. Should we just not do anything about it and assume they won't attend because they don't understand why they are invited? Thank you in advance for your advice. Anonymous teenage girl who loves etiquette.
1: I want those words printed and framed. Teenage girl who loves etiquette.
3: etiquette That's renews. awesome
1: that is awesome. I think that in this situation, you got to correct the mistake.
3: This is so difficult, but
1: you have to correct this mistake without rescinding the invitation, and I have a solution. So you get in touch with the folks who you sent these incorrect invitations to, and you let them know there was a mix-up with the guest list and you are terribly sorry. You completely understand that while they know daughter one, that they do not know daughter two, and you apologize you had not meant to get the guest list mixed up from the two bat mitzvahs. However, I would add on this line at the end. If you would like to come, we would be more than happy to have you. Please feel no obligation, but we would love to celebrate and let you get to know our other daughter. Put that air of, oh my gosh, what a funny life goof this is. You put that level of, oh goodness, what a mistake, but please let me explain the situation. You're still keeping the invite, but you're recognizing to them. This is not a grab for gifts. You don't know our other daughter. Sorry.
3: (laughs) This Whoops. I get to say, that is brilliant.
1: Thank you. You are brilliant. Thank you.
3: And I was struggling with this one. This is a really difficult situation. I really like the tack that you've taken. You're you're, you're towing a very careful line. And I think that your generosity of spirit, your (laughs) come celebrate with us, is really what's going to save the day here
1: anonymous teenage girl who loves etiquette i truly hope that you and your mother and your sister have a wonderful bat mitzvah celebration and that there are a few more attendees who are excited and also understand why they are there
3: to make a good impression
5: you must know what to do it's only common courtesy chuck
3: Thank you for your questions. You can send updates and comments to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag AwesomeEtiquette, or you can leave us a message at 802 866 0860.
1: It's time to hear your thoughts, feelings, and responses to our past episodes. Every week, we get to hear your feedback on the etiquette that we discuss. As usual, our producer, Hans, has been enjoying the task of reading your letters and fielding your calls.
3: And I've just got to jump in here and say, Say, we had a very special moment at the Emily Post Institute (gasps) this last week.
1: Yes, we did, Hans.
3: (laughs) Yes, we did.
1: (laughs) Hans, do you want to tell our listeners what what happened?
5: Well, I can tell it from my perspective. So I'm not at the Emily Post Institute, but I got a text message a few days ago from Miss Lizzie Post. And it was a a picture (laughs) of an envelope uh, that was hand addressed to me at the Emily Post Institute, which is thrilling. So I said, open it, open it. And I got this really beautiful video like an unboxing video where lizzie <laughs> opened it up and then read this touching super sweet card out loud to me while showing me the card she says very pretty on the outside you can see it's pretty and showed it to the camera and then <laughs> opened it up it was very sweet it was from one of our saluters and it was just so touching and so sweet a handwritten thank you
1: i know it was handwritten very thank sweet. You. I just think like, it was it was tessa right It was Tessa. It was Tessa. Yeah. Yeah. You, our audience, you are so great about writing so much wonderful stuff into your emails for us. And you also send us these fabulous notes. And I just want to say thank you to you for sending one to Hans. He does so much for us, and he is so much fun to work with. You do not know how lucky we are. So it was really exciting when that letter got brought to my desk.
3: It was like the moment that the Awesome Etiquette audience welcomed Hans to the family. And (laughs) and we all took great joy and great pleasure in it, so thank all of you very much.
5: Yeah, thank you to everybody. Thank you, and thank you, everybody, for sharing all of your awesome feedback, because I really do love getting to go through it. It's just wonderful, because we have some awesomely smartful People, which is, by the way, a new word.
1: Is it? Did we coin that?
5: We just coined it. Smart and thoughtful. Smartful. You guys are just fantastic. So, for example, (laughs) several weeks ago we got a question from Ajay who wrote in saying that his dad had started asking everyone to repeat themselves when they would talk to him. And Ajay thought that it was because of a bad habit and not because of bad hearing. Over on Facebook, Caroline responded by saying that Quote, Ajay should consider that his father may not have a hearing problem, but a cognitive speed problem. This inability to process info as heard the first time might be an early dementia symptom.
1: It can also just be a thing. One of my good friends has this and she all the time you have to repeat yourself to her, and it's just because the
5: audio doesn't stick with her. It takes a second. Yeah. So that is a really good point and one that we got from Betty from Boston, who didn't want Ajay to write off the possibility of hearing loss exactly like what you're talking about, Lizzie, and suggest that his father have a hearing test if he's never had one. Here's what she had to say.
6: I wanted to point out that hearing loss is not only about volume perception, e.g. your finger-snapping test statement. Many hearing problems relate more to discrimination. For instance, while not categorized as hearing impaired, I have difficulty understanding what is being said in conversation around me when there is also background noise, like at a party. Also, people who have been exposed to loud sounds repeatedly without protection, like in factories or people who regularly attend or perform live music, can develop tinnitus or other hearing perception issues.
5: So that's another good perspective uh, for Ajay on his situation with his father's new behavior, that there could be other reasons that are not just directly related to hearing loss. So if Ajay, you're listening to this episode, you have several recommendations, maybe advise your father, go get a couple of tests. So we also heard from Joan, who was a flower delivery person for over 20 years. So she emailed us in response to a recent question that we had on whether or not you should tip when flowers arrive at your doorstep, when somebody does a delivery of flowers. And so Joan says that in her 20 years, she never expected a tip, but she sure did appreciate them. And that now she actually tries to put them in in advance, which is a lot of what you, Lizzie and Dan, said about this question. Mm -hmm. But Joan also wanted to share with us this is just a delightful little story very sweet about her favorite tipper so joan says that we delivered to a very elderly lady whose son ordered flowers for every occasion each time i delivered she would explain that she kept a bowl of change near the door because when she was young everything was delivered i.e groceries prescriptions etc she always promptly tipped me a dime or quarter every time and i treasured her tips over everyone else's smiley face emoticon
1: love it
3: um joan thank you so much that that is one of the sweetest things i've ever heard it is
1: really sweet and it's nice to let a dime or a quarter be something you know
3: yeah everyone thank you so much for the feedback in every way that it comes it truly is a delight and um it was one of our real visions for this year and you all have just jumped in and made it such an exciting thing to be part of this show thank you so much
1: It's time for the Postscript segment of our show, where we dig deep into a piece of etiquette. We answer a lot of questions on this show, but we don't always get to hear how things turn out. So on our Postscript segment today, we're going to follow up on two situations to see if and how they resolved.
5: That's right. Our first story is from a recent episode. We fielded this question from Kicked to the Curb. So she had a situation where she and her fiancé were gifted some tickets for an NBA basketball game. And it looked like it was for a day that Kick to the Curb couldn't make it. She had to work. And so the fiancé asked a mutual friend of theirs, would you like to go instead? Then the fiancé discovered that, oh, wait, it's not on a Thursday. It's actually on a Friday, and Kick to the Curb can, in fact, go. Ah. So the debate became, who should go to the game? the fiancé, the friend, kick to the curb, what combination of people should go. And so, Lizzie and Dan, you guys uh, gave your suggestions.
1: That's right. We said that we thought, considering that this was a wedding gift... And that there was an honest-to-goodness mistake, that it would be really easy to call up the friend and say, Hey, listen, we got our dates mixed up. It turns out that, you know, we can actually use this wedding gift together, and we really think we should. Uh, We would love to take you out another time or make it up to you somehow.
5: So, we here at it we recently got an email from Tessa, who said simply, I want to know what kick to the curb ended up doing. Who went to the game? The friend or the fiance. I'm
1: telling you, I like this Tessa. Yeah, she says this, sends this thank is the same know, Tessa. She asks good questions. She cares.
5: She does care. And we care too. So to find out, we went right to the source. Hello. Hello.
0: Hi, Hans. Nice to talk
5: to you. Well, nice to talk to you too. So, inquiring minds want to know who was the game with and how did it go? game
0: was, it was a Knicks game. To be honest, I don't even remember who they were playing. I remember it was a close game and they lost, but it was late January
5: that okay. we went. So that tells me that you ended up going. I did. You did? I did end up going, Okay. Yeah. So how'd that conversation go?
0: It was less of a conversation and more of a tiff. Really? <laughs> um we found it really difficult to come to an understanding about it because we were both really stubborn in our point of views. You know, he finds putting other people aside is something that's sort of, like, unacceptable. And the fact that I wasn't willing to sort of, like, take one for the team was selfish in a way. And I can in some ways, see that as a good reason for me not to go. But at the same time, to me, he's number one in my book. And it brought the question up for me, like, am I number one in his book? (laughs) You know, those confusing moments where you're like, wait, we don't agree on this. (laughs) Yeah. But so we talked about it. We butted head some more. But I mean, essentially, it just ended up with him relenting, me shedding a few tears about it, and then him relenting because tears are, are a good weapon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually talked with our friend because he was very reluctant to talk to her about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, of course you should go. I don't understand what the big deal is.
5: Oh, um, really?
0: Yeah. And for him, even her opinion wasn't, he's like, yeah, but you still don't do that.
5: He was very uncomfortable with it. I feel like part of their answer, though, was no one is really wrong about it, that that he's yes. not—there's no fault in it because he invited somebody to something that doesn't exist. You're not rescinding an invitation because there's nothing to invite somebody to.
0: Right. And that was actually something I brought up with him when we were talking about it. I was like, yeah. well, technically you invited her to something that you don't have tickets for. Um. But he was still so uncomfortable with it. But by the time the game rolled around, it was fine. We enjoyed
5: ourselves. Did you guys listen to the episode? I listened to the episode.
0: I think everyone listened to new episode except him. Oh, he doesn't okay. know the episode exists. I kind of feel like I have to tell him about it now. Um, <laughs> and maybe him listening to the episode will help him explain a little bit more what he was thinking in that moment.
5: So, Kicked went home that night and listened to the episode with her fiancé, and they talked it over a little bit more. And then the next morning, uh, I got connected with the fiancé, and he shared what he was feeling at the time of the disagreement. Here's the email that I got from him, read in its entirety. Growing up, I was never a very social person. I was quiet, shy, a little nerdy, and insecure, so my middle school years were tough on me socially. I was never part of the popular crowd, but I did know several of them because I played baseball and basketball with them. In 7th or 8th grade, during one basketball game, I was in the dugout with a few of my teammates, who were in the popular crowd. They were discussing going to a movie after the game and invited me to join. I accepted. After the game, they said they would call me to let me know the time of the movie, but they never did. At the next practice, I asked them if they had gone to the movie, and they said they had, but they decided that they just wanted to go themselves. This really hurt me, because I was looking forward to hanging out with my popular crowd teammates. They invited me to come with them, but they essentially took back the invitation when they went to the movie themselves. After the incident, my parents told me that I should never rescind an invitation if someone has accepted it already, because it is impolite. There were a few other incidents like this in my formative teenage years, but this one was the most vivid because I so hurt afterwards. I would never want to cause someone else this kind of pain, especially someone who is a close friend, which is why I reacted the way I did during my disagreements with my fiancé about the basketball tickets. My friend had already accepted the invitation, and I didn't want to cause her the emotional pain that I have felt in my past when an invitation was rescinded after it was accepted. So a lot of pain in that, it sounds like, and a lot of emotional muscle memory at play. So they were both really interested, and in, I toss it to you, Dan and Lizzie, what do you guys think about Fiance's response and how he was feeling that day? Does it change anything for you in the way that you are thinking about this question?
1: It First of all, I just want to say I think this is incredible getting to hear this kind of follow-up and and story and background and perspective. And when we talk about being aware of everyone and you're not just aware of who's involved and how are they affected, but now where are they coming from? And this is his history telling him. And yet at the same time... The friend wasn't upset when the scenario was explained to her. What I feel really badly about is that when our listener's fiance was a young boy, that his friends didn't call and say, hey, you know, it's just going to be easier if we, we bring you to the movie the next time or for whatever reason. I I still don't think those boys were right in rescinding their invitation and not communicating it at all. I think that was rotten. Well, they didn't
3: have a reason. Yeah, what
1: happened to the fiancé was was definitely messed up and not okay, and I can see why it hurts so much. I've got, you know, I got stuff like that that's happened that still makes me think. I know Mm -hmm. you do, too. We talk about it. But it really, I think as adults who can look at a situation, especially something that was a gift for a wedding present intended for... For this new couple, I think that's where this is so very different from what happened to the fiancé when he was younger. But I value his perspective so much. I love the idea that he is really trying to live by the golden rule. But Dan said something earlier in the show that I'm hoping the fiancé can walk away from hopefully listening to this episode now and maybe feel okay.
3: And I think what you're talking about is, is not feeling too bad yes. about a, a small mistake, that ha- you have a proportional degree of guilt about the error that you made. In this case, reading the wrong date on a ticket, something that could really happen to anyone. This is such a good reminder of what complicated beings we all are, because we're talking about people's emotions, and anything can, can be triggering. And this is... A particularly poignant example of that. And I could see it connecting with my cousin Lizzie, and with me. we We get to hear these these responses for the first times in studio right here, just like you're yes. hearing them for the first time. And
1: here we were like cheering on when we're hearing kick to the curbs response. and we're like, Yeah, yeah, oh good. Oh, the friend in my oh yeah, she agreed. And yes, And then we hear his response, and it was like, Heartache. I mean, but we just felt so bad. I felt like I wanted to go say no. We you're, we understand. And, and
3: I'll tell like, you the other thing I our understand. Emotions going just up and down in the listening studio. Listening to our questioner yeah. talk about um, her fiance, maybe now as her fiance's perspective. Yeah. That couldn't someone from from my side just take it for the team so someone else feels better? Yeah. And I hear our questioners. Wondering, am I the number one here? And Dilemma, I think yeah. that you absolutely are the number one. Yes. And that's why your fiancé thinks that you can take the hit for the team. Yeah. And I remember when we were first talking about this question, Lizzie was asking, me, well, how do you think Pooja, your wife, yeah, my like, wife, what would, would you feel? Do?
2: What would
1: you do?
3: And but I could also there are so many times where I ask her to take the hit with me on behalf of someone else. I oftentimes find myself feeling very similarly to the fiancé and hearing hearing our questioner describe recognizing that impulse or hearing her fiance articulate that impulse was um, really resonant for me yeah. also. And I think it indicates how close he feels to you.
5: And I do want to say that yeah. in talking to them that they made a point, And I think it's important to say that they are stronger than ever because of this, in spite oh. of this, however they want to say, they've been together for seven years and the advice that you gave was really valuable to them.
0: But I did really appreciate Lucy and Dan's answer and, having that nobody's at fault here, it really took all of the drama out of it.
5: So on happier notes about your relationships, when you guys get married?
0: We get married um, June 2017, so yeah. it's a night-long engagement. I'm yeah. currently finishing up graduate school for education, so I graduate in May, and I did not want to have to plan anything for graduating
5: from school. Yeah, that's great. Oh, congratulations, you guys.
1: Thank you so much. This is a Dan's laughing because he knows I'm such a zap. I'm tearing up in the studio because all I can think is people all the time ask us, what do you love about what do you do? And This is exactly it. This kind of a connection where the advice does help. Even if it wasn't perfect, it helped, and they're willing to tell us that and share their experience, and they're stronger and better at moving forward for it. And it's just this, to me, is exactly what I always hoped this show would always be like. And I just, I'm so excited, and I still I still stand behind the advice, and yet I embrace all of this situation. This is just, this is, I'm, Dan, you need to come in here and help me out, because I'm just gushing. I
3: know, I didn't want to interrupt too soon, because I, 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 I love it. I definitely know that I speak for both myself and my cousin when we wish you the best and a a hearty congratulations. I'm sure that wedding is gonna be phenomenal based on everything that I've heard about the relationship so far.
5: Now, our second story is a little bit different because this question never actually made it on the show. It came up really quickly and needed a fast turnaround, and so we had to respond really quickly, and it happened between recording sessions, so it was out of our control, but we think it is such a good story that we are super excited to share it with you all right now.
1: Is this is this Fishy Fridays? This is Fishy Fridays. This is Fishy Fridays! Oh, Finally! <laughs> All right, so for those of you that are longtime listeners, you know, but for new listeners, I get all the emails that come into us. They actually come to my inbox and when I am able to and I'm reading something and I say, this is urgent I, and a lot of people say I need an answer soon and I can't get to it. But every now and again when I'm able to, I write a direct response or try to work something out or I ask more details, something like that. And I love that connection that I get with you, our audience. But this was a really fun one for me because the question didn't make it to the show. And then I got a response finding out... Chris, or uh, uh, Fishy Friday sent us the response. And it was so cool to hear a week later what actually wound up happening with the advice. Because, you know, we put this advice out there. It's really great to find out how it serves people or doesn't or could be tweaked. It's awesome. That's right. So I'm so excited about Fishy Fridays.
5: Well, he was pretty excited, too. So at the center of this story, we have Chris.
4: I just moved to London, so I'm kind of from scratch I uh, don't have a lot of friends here so I have this friend who I haven't seen in a while and he invited me over for a roast dinner and I'm here in London so for a roast dinner typically means uh, a big slab of beef or uh, you know a chicken all covered in gravy and I'm totally fine with that I'm typically whatever I'm a I'm not picky at all so Friday morning comes and uh, I'm going to you know pick stuff up at the store and I remember like oh my gosh I can't eat meat on Fridays. And, you know, the backstory is I was raised Catholic and uh, you know I haven't been as, as diligent as I was raised but you know I've been recently trying to go back to church and so it's a new thing that I'm trying again and so it's, it's the time of year if you're Catholic you don't typically eat meat on Friday and so but anyway long story short I, I, it flipped to my mind that I was uh, vegetarian for the evening so I was panicked because it was Friday morning dinner was supposed to be that evening and I was like well, what do I do what do I say to my friends I know Dan has his tears of appropriate conversation so uh, you know, I had a similar upbringing where my parents were very strict. Like, don't talk about politics, religion, or money. So, I, I'm not very open about it. It's something I'm very private about, and I'm not very comfortable telling my friends about my religion. And uh, so, I'm sure that he already planned the menu. He may have already cooked things. He may have already purchased things. So, um, well, I emailed Lizzie, and she wrote me back right away.
1: So what I cared about in responding to Fishy Fridays was, A, that this was like dinner party that night. So I was like, oh, goodness, we need to talk. And I really cared about that if he wanted to keep his religion private, giving him sample language to talk and and do that, to convey that he wanted to not eat meat on a Friday and not have it touch upon religion. And then I also wanted to give him a response and encourage him that – Sometimes opening up is really being open and honest is the easiest way because then it's something that you can own. Dan's huge on no white lies, no little omissions, because it makes it so much easier to tell stories and keep the truth moving forward. And you just you never know what can happen when you when you open up to a friend. So I wanted to do both, but make it his choice
4: so i ended up deciding to take the the open approach and be honest with my friend and you know i was fumbling over my words and i finally just was like you know i'm catholic and i can't eat meat and he was like i forgot it's lent too and you know he's like i haven't really practiced in a while and his upbringing was catholic and we had this whole thing in common so when i got there we talked about it more in person and then uh, one of the other people that was there is also catholic and so we all shared a you know a long conversation about what it was you know growing up catholic So, you know, by being honest with him, it really opened up the dialogue between us. And I feel like, you know, we ended up being as cheesy as it sounds. We ended up being closer because of it. So, Lizzie, thank you so much for all your help. You know, it's really great to have somebody like you to kind of push people in the right direction. I mean, it's like that basic knowledge that you have in the back of your head of how to treat people. And I think sometimes I need a little guidance, and it was really nice to have your help on this
3: fishy friday i'm going to respond on behalf of my cousin who is definitely having one of those special days and um i can tell you that as as much as her advice meant to you in that particular occasion your response and your willingness to share your response has meant quite a bit to her today also yes
1: thank you this is now the third time i'm crying on our show today goodness
5: but why why does it matter for several reasons look maybe i can show you We
3: like to close out our show every week with a celebration of good behavior with an etiquette salute. Tessa is 25 years old and lives in Salt Lake City. Her father died when she was very young, and she wanted to give a salute to her mother, Brooke, who, it turned out, had a salute for her. So they each had a salute for each other.
2: Mom, no matter through thick or thin or if we have lots of money or no money, and when I was growing up, you always have been able to give and share And one of my favorite times is there was this time when I met you in food court and there was a lady who was looking for food and so many people were just kind of walking past her and she wasn't asking for money, she just wanted a hamburger. And so you took the time to go stand in line with her and talk to her a little bit and make her feel comfortable and then you ordered whatever she wanted and you gave it to her and told her to have a good day and then went on your way and she went on her way. And I just love that because you always go the extra mile to provide service and love to other people. And I just think you need to be saluted for that.
6: Well, what a nice thing for you to remember and what a nice thing for you to consider. Thank you so much. You know, I just, I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to connect and I try to take advantage every time we can, so even if we just have a few minutes to go connect. And I remember that day and I, that woman was so sweet because she was hungry. And, you know, I said, well, you know, let's get you a burger and a Coke or something. And she said, well, would it be okay if instead of a drink, if I got a, a sundae instead, which is like a dollar. And I said, yeah, absolutely. You can have you can have them all. And that's just very rewarding that You know, my $3.50 purchase made such a big difference in her day. So thanks for remembering that.
2: Well, it might have been a little thing to you, but it was big to her and it was big to me because I just think that doing stuff like that and remembering to always be grateful and giving is the most important thing, and you never forget. It's easy to be a good mom when
6: I have such wonderful kids, and I appreciate so much who you are. I'm really, really, very pleased with the person you are and who you're becoming and you know, ever since the I know you hate the story about when you were planning the party when in first grade without telling me, and all the parents kept coming to the door saying, "Thank you so much for inviting our child to come to play and I didn't realize that a party had been planned, but It was totally great because you took care of everything. You managed everything and you just saw something that you wanted to do and you and you did it. And I'm just so proud of you. And life hasn't been terribly easy. You know, with dad dying when you were still young and you've been a wonderful support to me and to your siblings over the years and I cannot say enough how comforted I am that you you are okay and you will be okay, and I really look forward to the things you do down the road. So I love you very much, Miss.
2: I love you too, Mom. That was so sweet. Thank you. I love you, girl. I love you too.
1: <laughs> Hans, how do you handle having these? These are amazing salutes with such such tender thought and care in them. And it's everything we've hoped salutes would be, which is just people looking at each other in the world and saying, you're making this world a better place. Thank you.
6: Well, now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness.
1: Thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent us something. They're amazing. And you can leave your question, your comment, your salute. On our answering machine at 802-866-0860, you can write to us via email at awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can submit things via Twitter. I'm Lizzie A. Post.
3: And I'm Daniel underscore post.
1: And you can also submit to awesome, our Awesome Etiquette Facebook page.
3: And please help us out. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's the best thing you can do to support Awesome Etiquette. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner, and our show was produced by the incredible Hans B you too.